silence. I would love to be able to hear silence again. Silence is illusory. It, 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 it eludes us. It eludes me, at least, the silence. Since I was young, in my 20s and early 30s, ever since then I have had tinnitus, which means I have a ringing in my ears. It's a little worse in my left ear than in my right ear. If you talk to me and and you notice that I kind of turn my head a little bit to listen a little more carefully, it's because this ringing in my ears is constantly there, obscuring my hearing, making it difficult for me to hear what you say, especially if your voice is quiet or soft. I have trouble hearing you because there's this constant whine that's going on way up in the register, really high, but it obscures things that I hear. As a result, when I go and I sit and try to pray in a silent room, there is no silence. There's this constant whining tone in my ears. I wish I could hear the silence. I remember going to, uh, on a retreat in my early 40s to the monastery in Boston where I had been a novice, and I remember sitting in the cloister, sitting there in the quiet. There was no sound at all. It was absolutely still and quiet, and yet that ringing was in my head. And I felt the tears starting to leak down my cheeks as I realized I would never hear the sound of silence again. I always had to have something to, to mask that sound. I, I sleep with a noise generator because if I don't, it, it, it drives me crazy. I can't sleep. And sitting in here during the week sometimes, especially when it's not beastly hot outside, I, I'll come walking through the building, getting my steps in, and often following Eva as she does hers. And, and sometimes I will stop and I'll sit in here in the silence to pray, except there is no silence anymore. I mourn the loss of silence. This reading from 1 Kings reminds me of that silence and how that silence could be so profound, so powerful. It was for Elijah. He had just told he just killed the priests of Baal, the prophets of Baal. And, and Jezebel was angry about it when Ahab told her about it. And she threatens him with death. And so he runs away with fear, as you would expect, as I would. And he eventually runs all the way to Horeb, to, to Mount Sinai, we also call it, to the place where God had given Moses the Ten Commandments. And he hides out in a cave there. It's a good place to have a powwow with God. Go to the place where the covenant was established. Go to the place where you can hear God's voice, where God's voice has been heard before. Go to the place where you can get answers from the creator of the universe. So that's what Elijah did. He ran to Mount Horeb. He, he ran to Mount Sinai in Arabia. He ran all the way there and hid out in a cave and... So God comes to him. Go out. 
Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. In Exodus, when Moses was on the mountain of God, God passed by as a pillar of fire. And it says that Moses hid in the crag of a rock. And God placed God's hand over Moses to hide him so that he would not be destroyed by the glory of God's presence. So, yes, this must have been a frightening directive. Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord, you'd expect it, but no. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer Silence. That word sheer translates a Hebrew word that means thin, very precise, narrow, smooth, crisp. Silence. A silence that's penetrating and yet very serene. Elijah hears that sound and realizes. God is about to pass by. And so he puts a mantle over his face so that, so that he won't see God. Because he knew enough to know that that would be disastrous. He, he, he wraps his face in a mantle and he goes out and he stands. And yes, indeed, Yahweh Elohim is there. And he asks Elijah, what are you doing here? Why are you all the way out here, standing on a mountainside? And as he's already said before, he now says again, oh, they're going to kill me, God. I've been zealous for you. I've done what you've told me to do. I've done all the things that you've said, and now they want to kill me. Now, frankly, if I were Elijah, I'd want to hear some good news. You know, now, don't worry, they're not going to die. When he gets something like that good news, he gets a word he, that tells him to go back. And, and if you read the scripture further, it says, go back and appoint a king over Aram and appoint a new king over Israel. And whoever Aram doesn't kill, the new king over Israel will kill. And who, oh, and, and appoint your own successor, Elisha, as your successor. And whoever the king of Israel doesn't kill, Elisha will kill. And put to death all those who are worshiping Baal. And set a new path, a new way of life, a new worship life for the people of Israel. Set things right. Wow. In the silence, Elijah encountered God. In the silence... Yahweh Elohim came and set Elijah on a new path, a new path to establish right worship 
and righteousness in the land, a new path, a right path, God's path, to wipe out the worship of Baal and to reestablish the worship of God. A tough calling, a challenging calling, but a calling that God's presence would be with him in accomplishing. And that's why he had to go to Mount Sinai. That's why he had to go to Horeb. To experience God's presence. God's presence in a way that goes beyond the normal expectations. I mean, you expect to hear God in that wind. After all, God's Spirit is in Hebrew the same word as breath or wind. Ruach. When I read this, if I didn't know the story already and hadn't read it dozens and dozens of times, I would expect God will be in the wind. God's not. Then the earthquake, shaking the earth, shaking the land. That's God walking. It has to be right. No. Then the fire. And as I said, God appeared and fired many times. God led them by a pillar of smoke in the day and a pillar of fire at night through the wilderness. God's presence in fire has been communicated many times throughout the Hebrew Scriptures. You'd expect God to be in the fire. But it says that God wasn't in the fire. It was in the sheer, thin, crisp silence that Elijah encountered God and in which God called him to this difficult work. Where have you encountered God in your life? Where has God reached into your existence to take hold of you? Has it been in the silence? I know I, I'm attracted to the big flashy stuff too, to the concerts and the worship services and the praises and the wonderful hymns and, and anthems. I'm, I'm attracted to the big flashy worship services too. But it's often been, even in the middle of those types of services, at those quiet moments that I have best sensed the real presence of Jesus in my life. Christmas Eve, here, standing right back here on Christmas Eve, this last year, this past Christmas, was the first time since 2019 that I had been in a worship service and had presided a Holy Communion on Christmas Eve. Same for y'all. The pandemic put a stop to it for two years. And I remember standing here praying the great Thanksgiving and at a point in it, and I don't remember exactly when, I can't remember precisely when that was, but at a point in the midst of it, I remember sensing deep down in my heart, and this is where Tom says I'm something of a mixed mystic, and I am, deep down in my heart and soul, I remember sensing that I was in, in, in that moment, in, the immediate, in that silence, in, in that second, the immediate real presence of God. It was humbling and a little, a little scary. Didn't have a mantle to put over my face. 
And yet I knew that God was right there with us in worship. That Jesus was right there with us in worship. A humbling moment. The kinds of moments that I long for and I thirst for and I hunger for. That I experience to one degree or another many times in worship at Christmas Eve. This past Christmas Eve. I felt it and I knew it. Christ was right there. In that silence, Christ was right there. Yes, I had a whining pitch in the back of my head. That tinnitus was bothering me, but that didn't matter anymore. My back was hurting. My feet were hurting. I was getting ready to make a long drive to Oklahoma. That didn't matter anymore because I was right there in the immediate presence of Jesus the Christ who loved me, cared for me, lived for me, and died for me. Where in your life have you experienced in the silence or in the noise, in the earthquake, the fire, the wind, where in your life have you experienced the presence of God reaching in, taking hold, lifting you up, setting you back on the path, and walking with you. Elijah left Mount Sinai to go back, and he did what God told him to do, and he didn't go alone. He went with the immediate, real presence of God. Where in your life are you feeling the presence of God? Where in your life do you need the presence of Christ, anew and afresh? In a moment of silence, in crisp silence today, I invite you. As you come forward today, I invite you. As you receive communion today, I invite you. To listen, to listen for the voice of God speaking to you within you, granting grace and strength and love and hope and peace and kindness, granting to you the fruit of the Spirit anew and afresh and the crisp, thin, sheer Silence of God's presence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You may God's people sing.